0: I want you to open up your Bibles very quickly to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 4. Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 4. This is going to be our launching text for tonight. We've been dealing with the subject of wisdom. Amen. You came here to get a Christmas message on tonight. I'm sorry. Come back on Sunday and we'll have a Christmas sermon for you. I've already gave you my Christmas sermon this last Sunday. I pray you were blessed by it. Glory to God. Amen. We're going to talk a little more about Christmas this coming Sunday. But today I want to continue a series. Amen. That I believe is going to be a blessing to you. How many of you have been blessed by the wisdom series so far? Amen. amen. Hallelujah. How many of you can still uh, testify? I could use a little more. I could use a little more wisdom in my life. Amen. I got some destiny decisions to make, and I want to make the right decisions. Glory to God. Amen. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 4. When you have it, shout amen. I read today in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And the word of the Lord says it so. Look not every man at his own things. You know, that's hard to do sometimes. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Next verse. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That's where I want to hang my nail. Put that verse back up there. Hallelujah. Because I want to stop right there. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I want to talk to you for a little while under the subject, a beautiful mind. A beautiful mind. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come before you. We worship you and glorify your name. Add blessing to your word. Minister to your people. Cause somebody's life to alter tonight. Let somebody shift their course tonight hallelujah let there be a word in season that comes forth lord god and ministers to somebody directly and i thank you for it in advance in jesus name and the church said amen and amen let this mind be in you that was also in christ jesus listen when i was preparing for you tonight i read an article that i thought was very powerful and i don't know if any of you are familiar with this but i found out that in 2017 they're getting ready to attempt uh, the first, watch this now, head transplant ever done. The first head transplant. Now, when I was reading that article, I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty amazing. A head, I, know, I know we do heart transplants and we do organ transplants, but a head transplant. And the thing that's amazing to me is that as I, as I looked for confirmation, as I looked you know, to, to validate the resource upon which this was coming from, I came across another article that said that it's already been attempted. In Johannesburg, Africa, it happened overseas because the strict laws of the states would not allow it. And I don't know how true this is, but check it out for yourself. I found out that a 36-year-old man had it done. And I was absolutely blown away. They said that this man's body was riddled with cancer this is what they said in the article his body was riddled with cancer stage four he was dying and then at the same time there was a young man who uh, had suffered a head injury and experienced such trauma that he went brain dead so his body was functional but his brain was dead and you remember last week we talked a little bit about that and according to the medical field once the brain is dead it's over So that's what they're thinking concerning this man. And then this man over here is riddled with cancer. So they said, let's take the head of the man who's riddled with cancer, take the head of the person who's brain dead off, the man with cancer's off, and put the the head of the man with cancer on the body. And, And again, I don't know how true this is but I did read it. And they didn't give details as to how the surgery went. They said it was about 19 hours long, the surgery. And all they had to say at the end of the article was like, so far, so good. And I was like, you know what? You gotta give me a little more than that. <laughs> Amen? Because I'm, I, I was intrigued, because you can't, you can't just go at this simply because uh, of, of how the physical body works, because there's also a soul and there's also a spirit. I I think you're playing with fire, personally, amen? I begin to think, you know, because I think a little crazy, I I begin to think genetics. And I said, so wait a minute, if this guy does okay, and then he has a child, genetically, the kid comes out like who? The the man or the body of the other individual. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Who claims rights on the genetics? I, I, I don't think it happened, personally, I read it but I need more proof, and uh, if they're going to try it, they said they're going to try it. This was CNN, who said in 2017, they're going to do it. They're ready to do it, and they actually have somebody, a Russian man, who's suffering a, a muscle disorder that's eaten away at his body, and he's twisted like a pretzel, and he's already volunteered. Check it out for yourself. He's already volunteered, and said so they're going to try it. Now, that's crazy. That's something straight out of a movie, an old movie called Frankenstein. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Tonight, I want to talk to you a little bit about a head transplant, but a spiritual one. The text that we just read said, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Can I make a statement in here? Spiritual growth is a process. I said spiritual growth is a process. Spiritual growth does not happen overnight. Even when I read this article, they said that after they do this operation that takes about 19 hours or so, it's going to take a whole lot of time after that for the body to adjust to the new head. Listen, for the body to adjust to the new head. And listen, that, that, that is pretty much how it works in the spirit as well. Spiritual growth does not happen overnight. Hallelujah. If you don't go through the process to get it, you won't have the power to keep it. I said, if you don't go through the process to get it, you won't have the power to keep it. This is why God can't bless you too much too fast. This is why God takes you through in steps uh, and does not launch you, hallelujah, per se, and take you all the way to the destined place because if he does... You wouldn't have acquired the knowledge or the wisdom necessary for you to hold on to it, for you to maintain it. Hallelujah. So, God takes you through a journey because He has a way of teaching you and giving you what you need along the way. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? Hallelujah. So, watch this. In order, listen to the text. The text said, Let this mind. In other words, if the thoughts of Christ and the thoughts of God are going to come upon you, you have to let it. You have to allow it. You have to permit it. So how do we do that? And listen, one of the ways that we do that, and it's actually my first point on tonight, is simply this. Remove the hindrances to purpose. Remove the hindrances to purpose. Hallelujah. You have a purpose. If you're in this place, hallelujah, and you are in Christ, you have a calling. You have an assignment. Amen? You have a destiny and a destination. And watch this. It's it's amazing when you have your, your destined place, your calling pulling on you, and then at the same time, you have something trying to hinder and block you. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? And what often ends up happening when you're getting pulled toward destiny and, and, and stopped along the way because the hindrances is, is that you end up frustrated. Frustrated. Watch this. Not only are you frustrated. Watch this. Purpose is frustrated. I said purpose is frustrated. Oh, come on, Pastor. What do you mean purpose? Purpose don't get frustrated. Let me help you understand that in here. You have in you right now, if you are a believer, the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit. His purpose is to guide you into all truth and to show you things to come. He's the one that's pulling you towards your purpose. The Bible says he can be grieved. So that's what I mean when I say you'll be frustrated because of what's blocking you and stopping you. And purpose will be frustrated because the Holy Ghost is trying to move you and you're stuck. Are you blessed in here? Hallelujah. I hope you're ready for me tonight because I am ready for you. (laughs) Remove the hindrances to purpose. Now, I know what you're thinking. I know what some of you are thinking right away. because Some of you are thinking, I know that's right. I got to get some people out of my life because they're hindering me. Some people are blocking me. Some people are stopping me. I got to get rid of the lots in my life. There's a lot of lots in my life. Lot hindered Abraham from his purpose. And there is something to be said about that because it doesn't matter who you Hang out with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it does. It does matter who you hang out with. And I know that maybe some of you are thinking, I know I, I, knew, I, I, knew I, I need to get rid of this person in my life. You probably could think about one, too, in particular. Yeah, I, I got to get rid of this. I should have got rid of this person a long time ago. I probably would have been there already if I would have done it. But watch this. What happens when you get rid of the certain people you believe were hindering you and you still don't progress? And you still don't progress. And perhaps the reason you're not progressing is because the thing that's restricting you is within you. Because the thing that's restricting you is not outside of you like you thought, but is within you. Oh, God, help me in here. Are you blessed in here? And that's tough because now you got to be honest with yourself. And you got to stop lying to yourself. And you got to pinpoint exactly what area it is of your life that is keeping you from experiencing that abundant life that Jesus died for so that you can have. Amen, somebody in here. So watch this. I'm going to show you a scripture that I'm going to be repeating several times today until somebody catches it. 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 11. Can we have that on the screen? 1 Corinthians 13. 13. And 11 first Corinthians 13 and verse 11 listen to what it says this is the Apostle Paul talking he says when I was a child I spake as a child I understood as a child I thought as a child but when I became a man I put away childish things yeah yeah those things are okay when I was a child, but when I entered a place of maturity, those things had to be put away. So watch this, before this mind can be in you, hallelujah, remember I mentioned a spiritual transplant, you can't have the new mind until you put away the old one. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't begin to walk in a new system of thought until you put away the old system of thinking. Are you in this place so far? Hallelujah, Jesus. Can I submit to you that the journey, the calling, the the destination, the assignment that's on your life, it's it's bigger than you. Uh, Let me help you in here. It's not just about you. Uh, Let me use an example in here. When the Bible talks about Esther, anybody familiar with Esther? I haven't preached on her. I'm going to have to preach on her. Hallelujah. Watch this. Uh, The Bible talks about Esther. Her uncle Mordecai looks at her, watch this, and challenges her and asks her the question or makes this statement and says, Esther, how do you know that you have not been born for such a time as this? For such a time as this? And what you need to understand is, watch this, that your destiny is not just about you, but it's about, watch this, it's about people, it's about moments, it's about places that are collaborating together to fit the purpose of your life. Oh, God. In other words, Esther is the world around you ready for you. Oh, you're not hearing me in here. In other words... Mordecai is saying, Esther, do you know that you could be at the right place at the right time right now? Oh, God have mercy in here. Hallelujah. And when you come into that place in your life, when you begin to understand or know that you are walking in your divine calling, watch this now, hallelujah, all of a sudden you begin to realize that even the crazy things, not just the blessed things and the good things, but the blessed, the crazy things and the bad things that transpired in your life were all working for you. We're all working together to bring you to this place in your life. They are the things that gave you the strength and the power and prepared you for where you are or where you are going in God. Amen, somebody. David, you could say, it was good that I was afflicted. It was good that I was afflicted. Hallelujah. What happened to me was good for me. It strengthened me. Got me ready for where God is taking me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Ooh, God, help me in here. And all of a sudden, you're grateful now for things you used to cry about. I you not saying nothing. If I don't say anything else, I already preached. You're grateful now for things you used to cry about. Ooh, God. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Can I help you in here? It could be within you what's hindering you. You think it's people, but I'll submit something to you. God will use people. I said God will use certain people to challenge you. To betray you, to attack you, in order to shift you out of your comfort zone. I said he'll use people to attack you, betray you, to shift you out of your comfort zone. There's a verse in the Bible, watch this, where God uses uh, nature and he says, the eagle stirs her nest. The eagle stirs her nest, and he's using a a natural illustration to let us know that he does the same thing. The eagle stirs her nest. In other words, when the eaglets are really small and immature, the, the mama eagle makes a nice little nest for them. Very comfortable with feathers, padded, and the eaglets in that stage in their life are very comfortable. But if we're not careful, we become very comfortable in a good place. And we could abort the great place. That God has for us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So so here's what happens. After a certain time, the mama eagle says, you know what? It's time to move. In other words, it was, it's time to test those wings because you were created to fly. You were created to fly. You were created to soar. You were created to reach new heights. There's so much for you to see that you have not seen yet. And if you stay here, you'll never see it. And if I leave it up to you, you'll stay in this nice, comfortable place because we like comfort. But you will never find the will of God inside of your comfort zone. You will always find the will of God somewhere outside of your comfort zone. If you're with me, shout glory in here. And so the mama eagle removes the padding, removes the feathers, and lets the thorns and the thistles and the sticks Begin to prick the eaglets and starts making them uncomfortable until they start contemplating, deciding, we got to move. We got to move. And they'll even go as far as jumping up on top of the nest and looking down, hallelujah. And just like many of us, we look and we go, the risk is too great. The risk is too great. There's, I can't take that leap of faith because the risk is too great. What if my wings don't work? And so you know what the mama does? You need to check it. The mama comes alongside the eaglet and goes, and pushes the eaglet off, challenges the eaglet to fly. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The crazy thing is that if the eaglet is maybe like 10 feet from the ground and it don't look like the eaglet's going to make it, mama soars because mama flies faster than the eagle falls. And so does your God. You don't hear what I'm saying. I said he can fly down faster than you can fall. And before your feet dash against the rocks, he will catch you. I wish I had somebody in here who knew what I was talking about tonight. He will catch you. So watch this. The same way the eagle stirs her nest, God stirs you with people that get on your nerves. I said God stirs your nest with people That get on your nerves. And you can act cute in church if you want to. Hallelujah. But you know a few people. But listen, hallelujah. When you start walking in maturity, you don't even think about revenge. Because you begin to understand that the people you enjoy the least are the instruments God uses the most to move you forward. I said, the people you enjoy the least are the instruments God uses the most to move you forward. Your friends will always celebrate you where you are, but your enemies will push you where you need to be. That's why David said, I thank God for my enemies. Hallelujah. They were stepping stones for me. I couldn't reach certain heights if it wasn't for an enemy. Who I would mess you up and tell you that an enemy is necessary Amen. in order for you to go higher. You don't need no cheerleader. You need somebody to push you. Amen. You're all right right there where you are. Just stay right there where you are. Yay. No. <laughs> you serve a God that is progressive. Amen. And he wants you to progress. Amen. Amen. Jeremiah 29, 11, Put it up on the screen. I know you know it, but we're going to go into it today. Jeremiah 29, 11. Hallelujah. I got to go fast. Lord, help me. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. For I know the thoughts I think toward you. When it comes to you, I know what I had in mind. Save the Lord. Thoughts of what? Come on, y'all. Thoughts of Peace and not of evil, to give you, watch this now, an expected end. God wants for you to have an expected end. Oh, God, have mercy in here. In other words, I know what I had in mind when I thought about you. When I thought about creating you. So, so now let's, let's settle this. Let's settle this right now because this text, I believe, does it. Because there are some of us in here, you don't have to shout amen, I'm coming right into your kitchen. There are some of us in here who think God don't like us. Because we, we look at what we're going through sometimes and we, 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 we perceive that the reason we're going through what we're going through is because God don't like us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God's out to get me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But look at this text very carefully. I know the thoughts that I have toward you. They are thoughts of peace and not evil. So you are going to have to delete all those thoughts that are not of peace, that are worrying you, stressing you, Filling you with anxiety, Hallelujah! You need to delete those thoughts. You don't need to pray and ask God, "Is this you?" I'm telling you right now. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, "That is not me. Amen. That's not me." You're having those thoughts. Those thoughts are coming, but they ain't coming from me. Oh God, have mercy! It, yeah. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. glory. Oh God. Mm, 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 mm. God don't like me. Let me help you in here. He might not like something you're doing, but that doesn't mean he doesn't love you. Let me say that one more time. He might not like something you're doing, but that does not mean that he does not love you. And when you are still immature, you take everything that happens to you personally. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, God, have mercy. Have mercy in this place. Yeah, yeah, we take it personal. Watch this. Uh, You have not put away childish things. If your boss comes up to you one day and criticizes your work and says, you know what, that idea you gave at the uh, conference, I I didn't like it. We need another one. You walk away from that going, can you believe this guy? He's just out to get me. He don't like me. Yeah. He don't like me. No, he don't like the work that you presented. It's not personal. Try again. Don't take it personal. You don't need to hurry up and update your resume. (laughs) Just try again. Let me give you another example of what I'm talking about. My five-year-old, Toby, he's hilarious. Uh, I'll come up to Toby and I'll say something like, Toby, what you're doing is wrong. You're not doing it right. This is the way you need to do it. Let daddy show you how you're supposed to do it. Do it like this, not like that. And he'll look at me with those eyes and he'll say, you don't love me. (laughs) He he immediately takes it personal. I'm, I'm criticizing his work or what he did and he automatically connects it to, himself. And listen, it's okay when you're five. That behavior is expected. That selfish behavior is expected when you're five. But when you're 35, you're not hearing what I'm saying. Hallelujah. When you're 35, that kind of behavior is not hallelujah good. And listen, for people who are destiny-driven and are going somewhere, if those are the kind of people you're rolling with, you're going to have a hard time getting there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? As a leader, I should be able to criticize your work without you trying to take it personal and think that I'm criticizing you. I'm not criticizing you. Don't take it personal. Don't let your continents fall and change just do better. Pastor don't like me. He shot down my great idea And I didn't like it. Kind of reminds me of Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel both brought a gift unto God. God accepted one, He didn't accept the other. He accepted Abel's, but didn't accept Cain's, and Cain didn't like it. Cain took it personal. So personal that the Bible says that God told Cain, why is your countenance falling? He couldn't hide it. Because when you're offended, you can't hide it. And people get offended so easy sometimes. But people who get offended easily have not put away childish things. And will allow that to become a hindrance to their purpose. Put away the hindrances. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Glory. Hallelujah. My second point, very quickly, is understand the collaboration between thoughts and endings. I saw something very interesting in the text in Jeremiah 29 and 11 because the verse starts off, watch this, the verse starts off talking about thoughts. And then it finishes with the endings. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. And then it finishes by saying, to give you an expected end. And God's trying to teach us something here. And you need to catch it. Watch this. God is saying, listen, I think good so that you can finish good. Oh, God have mercy in here. Hallelujah. In other words, you can't end any better than you think. You can't end any better than you think. Mm-hmm. If you don't like where you're at, check your thinking. Because where you're at is the sum total of your thoughts. Ah God, have mercy in this place. Hallelujah. I know that when I, when I read that verse, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. It makes me want to just ask God, God, what were you thinking when you made me? I want to know. Don't you want to know? What exactly were you thinking me? Listen, thinking. You, you shaped me and you formed me, according to that text, with good thoughts for an expected end. So that means you built me for something. You made me to to do and to accomplish something. What were you thinking? God, help me in here. Why am I thus? There's a reason I'm like this. It has to do with my destiny. Oh, God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of you are not catching me. Some of you are not catching me. Let me try to give you a, a general illustration of what I'm talking about. When God got ready to make the woman he made her different than the man because what he expected for her from her was not necessarily what he expected from him oh let me help you in here hallelujah so watch this god decides that the woman is going to be the child carrier and because she's going to be the child carrier there's no need for me to put a space in him so i ain't gonna put no space in him i'm gonna put the space in her So I'm going to put a womb in her because she is made to carry child. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, God, you're going to have to hear me in the spirit now. She has different body parts than he does because she's going to deliver that child and she is going to nurture that child. I formed her. God, help me in here. I shaped her for what I expected from her. She has hips so that she can sit that child down. Can I help you in here? It don't even matter how strong you are, man. Even though you are physically stronger than her, you cannot hold the child longer than her. Because you weren't, oh, you don't hear you weren't built to hold the child. But she has this part of her that she sits the child in, and the child just fits. And you'll be sweating and veins be popping out your arms. And your arms start shaking after about a half an hour. And she would be like this. Just. When I understand that, it makes me want to ask God, what did you shake me for? What did you build? Oh, I got to get off that because I'm running out of time. Hallelujah. What did you make me for? And I know I haven't run out of destiny because I'm still here. When I'm done, I could go. Till then, I'm here. Are you blessed in here, church? Are you catching this preacher? Can I go a little further? Isaiah 55, verse 9. Isaiah 55 and verse number 9. Hallelujah. Got to give you some scripture tonight. It is Wednesday. Isaiah 55... Verse number nine, that clock up there is lying on me. Jesus, hallelujah. Watch this. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Hallelujah. There is absolutely no way that you could even think on God's level, to even assume that is. Ridiculous. So watch this. God, in essence, is saying through that text, don't be shocked when I do something in your life you do not understand. Do not be shocked when I do something in your life that you don't understand. Because you don't think like me. You can't think like me. My thoughts are way up here and your thoughts are way down there. So watch this. You don't have to figure it all out. I'm purposely going to do some things. God, help me in your life. In your life, hallelujah, that's going to be a mystery to you. Are you hearing me, church? I'm purposely going to do things that baffle you because I'm thinking on another level. Give me the next verse because it gets deeper. Watch this. For as the rain cometh down, here he goes again with nature. But understand that in context, he's still talking about his thoughts. Ah, Watch this. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Listen to what God is doing. God is so good. Let me tell you. He's so good. He goes, listen, we know you cannot think on my level. But in order for you to be fruitful down there, hallelujah. You're going to need what's up here to come down there. And he's talking about his thoughts. Oh, God. And in essence, he's saying, watch this. My my thoughts are higher than yours, but I'm not going to leave a gulf between heaven and the earth. And like the rain and the snow comes down, I'm going to send my thoughts down so that you can walk in them. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here so that you can have this mind that was in me be in you? Give me the next verse real quick. Watch this. So shall my word be that goeth forth. You know what he's saying? My word is your reign. My word is your reign. Watch this. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. The same way that, that rain comes down and doesn't necessarily come up until it waters the ground. Hallelujah. And gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So, so shall my word be when it comes down. My word is my thoughts expressed. But it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. My word is your reign. Oh God, have mercy. In here, if you're blessed in here, shout glory. glory. Mm-hmm. Your word wets the dry places of my life and refreshes me. The Bible says, You're clean by the washing. the water of the word if you're blessed in here shout glory that's why you come to church you don't come to church for me I hope you like me but I don't think that's why you come you come for the word can somebody shout amen? amen you come for the water amen somebody Jeremiah said that his thoughts are of peace and good, not evil. So all those thoughts that are stressing you out, causing you to have a nervous breakdown, flip out, get worried, full of anxiety, they're not coming from the Lord. Delete them. And get the word. Get the water. You know the rain is coming down when your thinking is not about you. Oh, God. You know the rain is, listen, you know the rain from above is hitting you when your thinking is not just about you. See, that text that we read in Philippians 2, 4 starts out with you challenging you to think on that which pertains to others and not just the things that pertain to you. Amen, somebody. Oh, God, help me. We know that you are putting away childish things when your thoughts become selfless. And if your thoughts are still selfish, you have not put away childish things because that is a childish trait. Mm. Can I minister to you today? So watch this. Put my third point up there real quickly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm trying to go. Selfless thoughts can only be produced in you when you become more God-conscious than you are self-conscious. I don't even know if I spelled that right, but pray for me. I wrote it real quick. Listen. Selfless thoughts can only be produced in you when you become more God-conscious than self-conscious. Oh, my God. Why? Because we process from the perspective of what's in it for me. I said we process from the perspective of what's in it for me. And we manipulate everything around us to serve us, not recognizing that we could be a gift to that. Are you hearing me? Oh, God, hallelujah. In other words, you're taking, but you're not giving. You're taking, but you're not giving. It's almost like you're inhaling, but you're not exhaling. Therefore, you're not breathing. Therefore, you're not living. Therefore, you're not moving. God, help me in here. If you're blessed, shout glory. Mm. I'm not after your shout. I want to give you a reason to shout. It's, it's different. Some people just want not make you shout. But I want people to just shout, and then I come up to them and ask them, what you shouting about, and they don't know. Are you following what I'm saying? I want you to know what you're shouting about. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. glory. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be depressed when you are giving. People who are giving, giving time, sowing seed, hallelujah, are usually the people that are rarely depressed. And yet the people that are selfish are the people who usually are walking around with some issues. (laughs) Hallelujah. Philippians 2.4 basically says that whatever Christ is thinking, you have to let that be in you. But in order to do that, you got to get rid of the blockage. I'm going to go real fast because I know I'm running out of time. Watch this. i got a feeling that God didn't intend for you to be miserable. I said, I got the feeling that God did not intend for you to be miserable, especially if you are in a church with people who are progressing and moving forward. Oh, God, help me in this place. Hallelujah. Watch this because, listen, I got four kids. Let me testify. I got four kids. Hallelujah. That's a lot of kids. And, 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 it, and it, it is. It is. That's why we decided four and no more. In my house, we ain't cooking four meals. We're cooking one meal. And everybody's eating. (laughs) And everybody's eating from the one meal. We're not cooking four meals. That's crazy. And if you're doing that, you need to come make a meeting with me. We need to do some counseling. (laughs) You're spoiling the child. We cook one meal, and everybody's eating out of that meal. Watch this. And if one of the children are sickly, and the other three are growing, and one of them is not, It's not because of the food. You're not hearing me. Because if it was the food, all of them would get sick. But if you're around people in a place where the bread is making them grow and progress, and you're not progressing, but others are progressing and growing, you don't need to be mad at the kitchen. The food is good. Something is wrong. Something's wrong with you. (laughs) <laughs> you don't need to leave the church make excuses acting like the problem is outside of you what's restricting you could be within you now if everybody was sick then we could talk about the food are you hearing me in here show me 1 Corinthians 13 11 again hallelujah I'm trying to go I'm trying to go I'm trying to go Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. Watch, watch. I want you to see, I want you to see this. I want you to see this because, because listen to what he's saying. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. What are those childish things? They're right there in the text. They're right there. If you want to know what those childish things are specifically, they're right there in the text. Watch this. When I was a child, I spake. Speaking, number one. When I was a child, I understood. Understanding is number two. Watch this. And I thought as a child, thinking. Number three, oh God, I know you have not put away childish things by the way you talk, by the way you understand, and by the way you think. What you're saying. How you perceive, how you think, how you comprehend, oh, God, have mercy in here. So watch this. Put number four up there. Put my next point up there real quickly. Somebody needs to hear this word. Watch this. When your life is not advancing, have you ever asked yourself that question? I need some real people, hallelujah, watch this, who say, man, I, I feel like I should have been further along by now than I am right now. I've been serving God for a little while now. Hallelujah. Believe in God. I got faith. Amen. And I'm believing God for big things. But my life does not seem to be advancing. I am not progressing. Why? When your life is not advancing, are you willing to test your own systems? Are you willing to test your own systems? Because chances are you are operating under an old system. And God wants you walking In a new system, a new system of speaking, a new system of understanding, a new system of thinking. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you're blessed in here, shout glory, saints. Hallelujah. When a plane crashes, anybody know what they look for? When the plane crashes, they look for that black box. You wanna know why they look for that black box? Because they wanna test the systems. They want to see if there was any system failure. So when your life is not advancing and it feels like it's going down, are you willing to test your own systems? Rather than automatically assuming that the problem is outside of you. Are you willing, hallelujah, to do some introspect to determine whether or not you're being loyal to your own dysfunction? Can I preach in here? Hallelujah what we have here is an immature inner life the outer person is maturing but just because you got gray hairs like me does not mean you put away childish things oh boy put that verse back up there one more time one more time there's still something else in the text that we have not seen Listen to what it says. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I I put away childish things. It doesn't say when I became a man uh, or when I reached a certain age, those childish things automatically went away. You can't just assume that maturity means that you reach a certain age. It's saying I reached manhood, and even in manhood, I had some childish tendency that I had to put away. You could be 30 and still be loyal to a child system. You could be 40 and still be loyal to a child system because you were hoping it just went away, but you ain't getting any younger. You have to put it away or it will put you away. I'm preaching better than you saying amen. Hallelujah. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Hey. When, listen, when a divorce happens, I don't know. I expect you to know this, but if, when a divorce happens, the children are the ones that get it the worst. Children experience trauma in a divorce because somehow they feel responsible. And they think that it is their fault that it happened and they think that way because they are children could you be blaming yourself for things that were out of your control it's because you haven't put it away if you're blessed in here shout glory are you being victimized by you. Say la. In the Bible that means ponder, ponder, think about. Think about that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What I spoke, what I understood, what I thought when I was a child. I have to put that away when I become a man. Amen somebody. The system was good when I was a child, but I have outgrown the system. I'm too big to be bound by this system. I am bigger than the system. Hallelujah. Could could you be a man or even a woman who is grown outwardly but yet loyal inwardly to a childish system? And the text says, put it away. And in the original language, it's not even saying destroy it. It's saying, put it away. God help me in this place. Hallelujah. If I, if, I took, if I took this iPad right now, right? First of all, let me just say, I can't put it away if I'm holding on to it. I said, I can't put it away if I'm holding on to it. So I got I to gotta let it go. I got to put it away. Watch this. When I put it away, it does not mean that it doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't even mean that it's been destroyed. But I have limited its functionality in my life by putting it away. I believe there's a little child in all of us, hallelujah. But you can limit its functionality in your life tremendously if you could just... Put it away. Somebody shall put it away. away. Oh, God. Are you defending something that's killing you? Y'all yeah, not saying nothing in here. I'm going to keep dropping bombs until, oh, God, I got one minute. <laughs> <laughs> are you defending something that's killing you? Holding on to systems that are poisoning your water. As long as you've been listening to the word of God, as long as you've been in church, you should be further along and you should be progressing. But the reason you're not progressing is because of what you're speaking, what you're understanding, and what you're thinking. It is restricting you from progression. Oh, God, help me in here. And I believe that this Christmas, you know, because we're talking about giving everybody presents except God, and I believe that this Christmas, God wants you to change the way you talk. Change the way you understand and change the way you think. Because he don't want you to be stuck. Mm -mm. Put the next point up there. I got to hurry up now. Put the next point up there. Holding on to childish things are poisoning your opportunities. Holding on to those childish things and not being able to put them away are poisoning your opportunities. Opportunities that could have presented themselves to progress you, promote you, move you along are being poisoned. Poisoned. And you are missing out, hallelujah. Let me say something about understanding because the other two you understand a little bit. But the way you understand the thing determines your expected end. The way you understand the thing determines your expected end. Have you ever been mad at somebody over what you thought they meant? Come on, somebody. Have you ever been mad at somebody over what you thought they meant? Because they said something and you thought they meant this. But then you were brave enough to give them a call and you had a conversation and you realized that you were wrong. And when you realized that you were wrong, watch this, the relationship got repaired. The relationship got repaired because of understanding. See, originally... You saw it like this, and they saw it like that. You're the same you. They're the same person. But you perceived it a little different. But when you had a conversation, you came to an understanding. And the relationship got repaired, and there was healing. Oh, my God. Have mercy in here. I heard somebody put it like this. I thought it was powerful. Understanding is the truth you stand under. That's not mine. That's not original, but it was good. Watch this. Understanding is the truth you stand under. It's your version of what happened, but you could be wrong and in turn end up wrong in the version of your own life. Are you in this place? Mm. That's why the Bible says, in all thy getting, get understanding. Oh, God. You can't help people you don't understand. I said, you can't help people you do not understand. You can't just throw random answers at people when you haven't even heard them. It's amazing. It's amazing. Don't you hate it? People try to fix you and they haven't even heard you. And you're like, can you just hush for a minute and hear me so I can at least give you my perspective and stop being so smart about me? If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Glory. Mm. Do you know that when you go to a professional counselor, all they do is help you understand you? You pay $299 an hour (laughs) to get them to give you another perspective of what happened to you. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not against counseling. I'm actually for counseling. And if you need to get it, get it before you miss the rain. But what I am trying to say is that you can can cut the curve. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can narrow the curve by not reverting back to old habits on how you process the way you think about your situation. You're operating under an old system. And you keep getting the same results. Watch this. If my system is childlike but my body is adult... Now I know why I'm not inheriting. Put my next point up there very quickly. I got to land this plane. Hallelujah. Children can't be heirs. Oh, God, have mercy. Children cannot be heirs. Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. I'm going to drop this one on you, and then I'm going to try to land. The landing gear is down, saints. The landing gear is down, and we are making our approach. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Now I say, listen to this, because this is a bomb. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. God is trying to give you an inheritance. But because your hands are not free for the inheritance, You can't get it because you still have in your hands childish things you have not put away. Now I say, listen, the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing, listen, differing nothing from a slave. You are living like a slave, like a servant, though you are the Lord of all, and you cannot walk in your lordship because you're still holding on to childish things. And God says, I can't drop it in your hands because your hands are still full. Put it away so I can give it to you. You're wondering why you're not progressing or advancing? Check your own systems. Stop blaming people. Stop blaming life. Stop blaming the past. It's in you. Fix the way you think. Fix the way you understand. Fix the way you talk and watch life fix itself. Watch, watch, watch. Look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. But it's under tutors and governors until the time appointed. Because you're still holding on to childish things. Watch this. You're under people. You should be over. Oh, you what I'm saying here. I said you're inst- listen, instead of leading them, you're still following them. Because you're still holding on to childish things. Are you blessed in here? Put it away. But you, you got to be honest with yourself because you can't put away what you can't identify. I said you can't put away what you can't identify you got to do introspect. Amen, somebody? Those thoughts are not coming from God. The Bible says, resist the devil and he shall flee. Recognize the thoughts that are of God and the ones that are not. Delete the ones that are not. The more you delete the ones that are not, the harder it is for them to come. The more you get rid of them, the more they die. Do you hear this preacher? Hallelujah. My last point, my last point, and we're going home. My last point, my last point. You can only let go of things to the degree of having something to grab a hold of. I can't tell you to let go of something if I'm not giving you something to lay a hold of. Oh, God, have mercy. And you know, we do that a lot of times, even in the church the church has done a very good job at telling people what they need to let go of. But they have not done a very good job telling people what to grab hold of. So we do a good job telling people you got to let go of this you got to let go of that you got to stop doing this and stop doing that and don't do this and don't do that and stop doing this and stop and we tell you got to die to this and you got to die to that mortify the flesh kill the flesh do this and do that and die to that and do this but we don't tell you how to live. And I can't ask you to let something go if I don't put something in front of you for you to grab a hold of. And before you ask anybody to let go of anything, they should should have a vision before them of their future and their destiny that makes them look at what they're going through and say, no, 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 this is better than that. People who have vision ain't going to have a problem with temptation because they'll always weigh out the temptation with what God has set before them. And they'll say, this is better than that. So I'm tempted, but no way. What God has is too big. You hearing what I'm saying? Some people say, you should preach more on sin. Listen, I could preach on sin, and I do preach on sin. And listen, if you were here Sunday, all I did was talk about sin. But if all I do is tell you, let go, let go, let go, let go, let go, and I don't give you nothing to grab hold of, it becomes hard to let go. Let me use this illustration. Watch this. I do a lot of marriage counseling. Watch this. There's a text in Genesis 2 and 24. It says, for this cause, a man leaves his mother and father, and cleaves to his wife. The only way he can leave is to cleave. Watch, watch. If you tell him to leave, but he has nothing, are you hearing what I'm saying? You can't tell somebody to let go and then not put something in front of them that they could grab a hold of. Are you blessed in here? I'll finish with this thought. One of my favorite stories in the Bible, I believe it's uh, 1 Kings 19, and it is the calling of Elisha, who is the mentee of the mentor Elijah. Their names are similar, but they're not the same. Elijah is the mentor. Elisha is the mentee. The Bible says that when Elisha, when Elijah comes to Elisha, Elisha's plowing he's plowing you guys can play back there he's plowing and watch this the Bible says there's about 10 plows and he's the 10th have you ever felt like you were last in line I need some real people in here there were 10 plows and he was on the 10th he was on the last one have you ever felt like you were last in line and he's going through the motions Anybody been there? Plowing was, was his old norm. Are you hearing me? And, and every day he, he was plowing. And he was plowing. And he was plowing. And he was plowing. And all he did was plow. Until Elijah shows up. And Elijah touches him with his mantle, touches him with the anointing, and basically presents something before him that is better than that which is familiar to him. He says, come with me. We're going to do exploits for the kingdom of God. And the thing that I love about Elisha is that the Bible says that he goes back And when you read it loosely, you almost think he's just going to go back to get behind the plow. He goes all the way back. And even even the man of God said, what in the world have I to do with you? Look at him going back. He goes back to the plow. Takes the plow and breaks it. Pulls out a sword. Slays the ox. And he boils it. And he gives it to the the other nine men. Almost has to say this is my coming out party watch this hallelujah he says I'm going after the thing that is before me and I'm making preparation now so that when it gets tough and I feel like reverting back to my old normal I destroyed it so there is no option there is no coming back he who puts it oh God help me in here There's only my new normal. There's only my new normal. There's only my new way of thinking. Hallelujah. I'm not going back. Go back to what? I was last in line. And God is calling me to greatness. Oh, you blessed in here, church.